0: I'm hesitant to do cold opens now. Why? Because if we talk about anything current, it takes me so long to edit that it's like <laughs> a month out of date.
1: <laughs> no, we can still.
0: It's like, oh, Bobby Lashley just won the WWE title last night. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll um, lose it? I'll probably lose it at WrestleMania, which I'm like...
1: Will this be at by WrestleMania?
0: We, we are at least stockpiling for the network coming out.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, we said that we're going to do that. Which so I think that's the
0: 18th, I think it's the day after St. Patrick's soon. Day.
1: Okay
0: well St. Patrick is always the 17th which you always forget
1: in my head it was the 4th
0: no the 4th is Paramount Plus
1: too many things happening
0: so we will at least have a stockpile for that and we'll find out if it took any time then but
1: yeah so that can be like our time sort of stamp Bobby Lashley won the title last night
0: I said I wasn't trying to date it. Let's just hammer home how, what date it is. We're gonna. This is,
1: It is March second, twenty twenty one. It is roughly one thirty p.m., one forty five p.m.
0: We have fallen behind, much like WCW is about to fall behind in any sort of quality or ratings and. But um. All of that somehow this did a crap ton of buys, but. I don't see why. I don't
1: understand.
0: Welcome to episode 14 Super Brawl 1999. Woohoo. They actually had a little video package at the start that I can play the audio for, which is nice. Cuz usually we throw to it and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to play <laughs> and I'm like, I remember there was this video package.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't remember the video package, really.
0: It was just setting up the thing. Like, usually the opening video packages aren't super memorable, but it was like, at least is telling you, hey, here's what's going to happen on this show.
1: Yeah, but WCW has generally had fairly forgettable generic video packages for their pay-per-views. Like, it, on WWE TV, they're at least kind of, like, cinematic. They're, you know, fire and flames and here are some cool shots of Triple H flexing. It's not even that on wcw most of the time most of the time
0: i mean it seems like they're just starting to do them
1: true
0: so we will kind of see what happens that because they still only have the blank generic entrance videos Mm -hmm. they did not have the large titan tron they had a little side tron it's time for our favorite game you sound so excited i sound distracted because i did not look these up (laughs) beforehand how many pay-per-view buys did super brawl nine get for scale, sold out ninety nine, did three hundred and thirty thousand buys, and Super Brawl eight did four hundred and fifteen thousand buys.
1: So you said this was like a crap ton of buys. You said this was a significant number. This is
0: the last great buy rate they ever have.
1: I'm gonna say I got four hundred
0: and fifty. Well even higher, four hundred eighty five. Damn. And um
1: that's the highest they ever get again?
0: Yeah. It's among the highest they've had. I know um Really enough, Bash of the Beach has just kind of become one of their landmark shows because yeah. things just seem to happen then. It's the anniversary of a couple different things of Hogan coming in, the start of the NWO. But
1: Yeah. Listen to me scoff every time you say the letters NWO.
0: <laughs> or Hogan. But Super Brawl nine, February twenty first, nineteen ninety nine, at the Oakland I think it's the Oakland Coliseum.
1: Yep, I wrote it down. Oh, so we were pretty close on the timeline. Because we watched this on February twenty fourth.
0: Yeah, so we waited a week to, to, to record. Yeah, and
1: every day since we watched it, we we're like, "Oh, we should record. Oh, we should record." But it was just we were we were so unenthused by the actual pay per view that we were just like, "I don't really want to relive it. We can watch it another time."
0: Well, speaking of reliving things, the pay per view opens with a clip from Thunder. I think it was the final clip they showed, and it's our mystery man with Tori Wilson, yeah. who. They still haven't given her a name. I forget what it said on this episode, whether it was Tori or Samantha. I think it was Samantha. But it's the clip of her getting the ticket and, like, oh my god, you're taking me to Super Brawl? My friends are going to be so jealous.
1: (laughs) Isn't this also the clip that she, like, had the stun stick and she was like, come here, baby. Let me, like, use this on you or something? Like, she was kind of using the stun stick as, like, a a toy.
0: You're thinking of a different one, but she did still have the the stun stick in this clip. What a hot opening for the for super brawl
1: start hot get ice fucking cold by the end of it
0: yeah then they do the video package as previously yeah. mentioned you know it's pretty good considering <laughs> there's normally nothing there
1: i just i need to share this chuckle that i just had with myself i realized that i did actually like take notes on the video package because i was writing down all the names of the people that are in the package i take my notes on an ipad so sometimes autocorrect takes over and um, did you know that Big Elbow was in this pa- this package? Bam Bam Big Elbow. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, who who are you trying? I just I saw that. I'll be honest. <laughs> Must share.
0: I don't want to type it out every time, so I just type BBB.
1: Oh, that's smart. I usually just do Bam Bam because that's easier.
0: Yeah, I just do BBB, and then I'm like, I'll call it differently depending on how I get. And I've, <laughs> and I literally have not written Eric Bischoff in months. I just do EB.
1: That's, yeah, you you're smarter than I am with that stuff.
0: I'm also a slower typer, I would assume.
1: Fair, but yeah, this package had Flair, Nash, Hogan, Goldberg, Luger, and Big Elbow.
0: How is that not his finisher? It's the, the Bam Big, Bam Elbow. And Big Elbow.
1: Because <laughs> we already have the Big Wiggle, we can't have the Big Wiggle and the Big Elbow. People will get confused.
0: Also, during part two of the build, we would have seen Paul White debut in AEW. Oh, I'm sorry, that's that's now uh, we would have seen Paul White debut. <laughs> On WWF.
1: Isn't that fucking wild? Yeah. <laughs> the Big Show show just really didn't pay off. He's got to get back in the ring.
0: All right. Wh- wh- what are you going to call him? An AEW? Yeah. Well, what would you Ooh. have his gimmick name? Because it can't be the Big Show. I don't think it can be the Giant.
1: Hmm. How about just Big Show, but big spelled B E E G? The Big Show. B E E G S H O.
0: What is this? T N A?
1: I'm trying to think of like, what they did with the Deadly Boys. Like, Just change a couple letters. It's fine.
0: <laughs> in the arena, we get shown the new tag team championship belts. Or at least how they pitched it. I don't remember the, the old ones well enough, but they seem shiny and new. Weren't
1: they in like boxes? Yes. Yeah, so they, they, they came off as new. I would expect them to be new.
0: Well, I also would expect them to then open with the tag, the tag team, team title match. Yeah, nope. Yeah, they just show them and they're like, yep, we'll uh, see that later on. Yeah. And I'm like
1: here they are, later, bye. Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. Yeah, because the tag team things don't happen. They're like fifth on the card. We go to
0: the commentators and they talk about the main event and then throw to a video package talking about the tag title tournament. I'm like, oh, a video package. Nice. It was just kind of like going like, basically, it was good for us because it was here to everything that happened on Thunder and segments we skipped. And...
1: Yeah, the whole tournament recap, basically.
0: Yes. I don't even know how much you remember it, but I just want to talk about Benoit's mullet.
1: Yes, I do remember the man mullet. has a glorious mullet. Oh, I don't think I'd call it glorious. It's a mullet. It's there. I don't know if it's glorious.
0: <laughs> we then get Mean Gene shilling the hotline, and we actually tried to call the hotline. <laughs> but unfortunately, we got a call that could not be completed as dialed.
1: Yeah, they disconnected the number. Did you notice that they blocked out the Canadian number, but yes. not the U.S. number? Well, that
0: was why we tried it. Yeah, but they... why did
1: they block out the Canadian number? I'm
0: wondering if that is now something else.
1: Oh, Maybe. Because in my head, if you're going to block out one, just block out both. Yeah. Like, they're old phone numbers.
0: I mean, you're you're already chopping up these pay-per-views a little bit. Just fucking cut it.
1: True, yeah.
0: I forget if it's commentary or Gene who notes it, but there are nine matches tonight.
1: I don't remember either, but there's really nine matches? Oof.
0: We mentioned previously that I was playing the game Journey Journey of Wrestling. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Journey
1: into Wrestling? Journey into Darkness?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, not Journey of Darkness. Journey Wrestling. And like I'll have my pay per view cards and I'm like I'll have like six matches and I'll be like like, oh, you can put like a fuck ton on here and I'm like, I don't really feel the need to. Like I have these feuds. I'm I'm just gonna put a random fucking match on here. Yeah. I'm just gonna put something like Booker T and Disco Inferno on here?
1: That would be silly. Well that's our opening match.
0: Yeah. Disco Inferno comes out first. He has the blank void entrance video. Yes. As does Booker T. During Disco's entrance, they throw to a clip from Thunder, which we yeah. talked about, which is just Stevie and Booker T, like being like, "Hey, you should join the NWO," and then Booker chokes Disco Inferno for mocking them.
1: Yeah, it's just like Disco talking shit, and then Booker just comes at him with a chokehold. Like,
0: whoa! Yeah, it was aggressive, but also that match was already made for Super Brawl because they, it? yeah, they there was a uh, Booker T promo where like you're facing Disco Inferno. It's Super I Brawl, and it's like, why?
1: I don't know. Maybe they're giving it more of a reason, like retconning basically. Like, we made this match, let's make it matter.
0: I noted that Disco Inferno was Disney bounding as Harley Quinn. Yes. If you don't know what Disney bounding is, it's basically you just dress in the same colors as a character, and for some reason that's Disney bounding.
1: It's supposed to be like you're dressing in normal, modern day clothes, but the way you put the outfit together is inspired by a certain Disney character, or just character in general. Because like there's there's a background to it. I watched a fucking documentary because I get bored. You're not allowed to go to the Disney parks in costume, but yes. people want to go in costume because like adults are cosplayers and they want to like show off their costume, but they don't want the like, kids at the park to get confused, so they do it as minimally as possible. And it's called Disney bounding because you're dressing like this to be Disney bound.
0: In the match, we get a pretty big disco sucks early on. Yeah. On commentary, they talk about how the NWO don't care about tradition
1: i didn't think that i didn't think that was a thing that they were like for i
0: don't know they're really pushing that because flair is constantly talking about that too but yeah like they're talking about it in like the history of the belt like they don't care about tradition and all that and i'm like yeah i mean care only a certain amount like there is a level of respect but
1: there's a difference between tradition and respect yes and they have neither
0: booker t hits a harlem sidekick and then a scissor kick he also catches a top rope axe handle from Disco with the spine buster. Disco then goes for the chart buster, which is a stunner, but Booker counters it. Booker then hits another Harlem sidekick and a very sloppy spin-a-rooney.
1: Yeah, this is the sloppiest spin-a-rooney.
0: Well, it looked fine compared to the finish of this match, which is Booker T hitting the Harlem hangover, which is basically a spinning leg. It's like a 360 leg drop his calf and knee just kind of hit Disco right in the head.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we rewound it to, like, see where his actual knee landed. Because we were both like,
0: it, uh, Yeah. It, look, it looked it uh, Kidman-esque.
1: <laughs> you get more skeeved out by Kidman than I do. I've seen Kidman do that move enough times where he hasn't hurt anybody that I'm like, it looks bad, but it'll be fine. I don't see Booker T, like, mess up like that. So that one scared me. I don't know.
0: I... I if I see someone hitting sloppy pile drivers like, well, you didn't break anyone's neck yet. I'd be like, oh, mm, you're gonna though.
1: Mm.
0: It's kind of like watching um, Brian Adams. I was about to call him Crush because that's I'm like, oh, it's Crush. What the fuck is... So Brian
1: Adams, every time you say it, I'm like, what country song did he sing?
0: I think he is a country singer, right?
1: I don't know. That
0: sounds like a country.
1: That's why I get confused.
0: Oh, is that going to be... um funny thing is, you don't remember enough of the names. That'd be a good... A good uh, Good game for us to play where I give you a list of the, the NWO or the a Country Singer.
1: Ooh, that is a fun game. Put that together next episode.
0: Stevie Ray Cyrus. <laughs> so, we didn't really talk much about it, but this was a fine to pretty good match.
1: I really didn't mind this match. It was really high energy. It was a good, like, match to start on.
0: Yeah, I think if this match had been later in the show, we kind of would have been like, eh. But like... Yeah. It was a good warm-up match.
1: They were both really high energy, and that's a good way to start. Even if it was kind of a, like, underwhelming move set kind of match. Like, there wasn't a ton of, like, high flying, big spins, big moves. Like, it wasn't that kind of high energy. But it was, like, a good enough, like, pump up the crowd match that I was like, yeah, this is I'm into this.
0: Yeah, it was, like, the legal definition of, this is a pro wrestling match. Like, this is, like yes. a, like, the standard kind of thing of, like...
1: This is generic, but in the best way.
0: So yeah, as a match with not a lot of story, our next match has obviously more story, but they really didn't do a ton in the in-between pay-per-views.
1: No, not really.
0: Our next match is Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn, and it's the loser wears a dress again.
1: Yeah, it's the exact same stipulation.
0: Jericho comes out in like a poncho for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, Ralphus comes out in a beautiful dress and sweater set, complete with makeup, earrings, jewelry, the whole nine, looking amazing.
0: Well, they also come out with the referee. Yes. And commentary's like, "Um, that's a little weird." And it's referee Scott Dickinson again, who is apparently back from his thirty day suspension,
1: which was definitely not thirty days It might have been considered
0: really? there were five weeks of build, so if they did it the first Nitro after, maybe. which I think they did, they would have like it literally would be thirty four days later, so
1: okay, so maybe I guess it's possible, but it wouldn't be out of line for w c w to be like, "Hey, yeah, it was thirty days
0: what what's time
1: exactly. Even in 1999, they were like, time is an illusion.
0: So I found a number on this. I don't know how accurate it is. Ralphus. So Ralphus was part of the kind of ring crew. And I think he would like also like to help drive the trucks. So I don't know what he was being paid for that part of his job. But apparently, to be on TV, he was getting paid $200 a show. Okay. I can't figure out if that's good or bad money for considering what he's doing. Because he doesn't really need to know any spots. He doesn't really interfere in matches. He is just part of the act.
1: He just stands there.
0: And you probably need to stick around for the show anyway, so.
1: Yeah, because like when he was doing this, he was still ring crew. He was like active ring crew.
0: Yes, that's my understanding. So
1: it's like a bonus $200. I think that's good. To do absolutely nothing.
0: Well, had to wear a dress.
1: To be Jericho's bumbling idiot manager.
0: So Perry Saturn then comes out in a fairly tight dress.
1: Like, he doesn't look bad.
0: Yeah, he pulls off. And on commentary, Tony Schiavone kind of makes the same note I had. It looks like a singlet. Yeah. So it looks like a slightly open bottom singlet because the bottom of the dress, like, really goes to, like, his upper thigh. Yeah. But he's also rocking eyeliner.
1: Okay, he leaned into it. I don't, no one ever told you that you had to wear makeup with this, but you put on that eyeliner. You leaned in.
0: We get a great line from Bobby Heenan when Perry Saturn comes out. Welcome to the Bay Area.
1: To which Nick had to explain to me that this part of California is, has like well, the gay San Francisco. San Francisco is known for its gay communities. I have never actually been to California really, except for, for Comic-Con and that was a whole other, I don't even think I was in the United States during that. That was a wild fucking time. So I've never been to California. I don't know these things. So when I made that comment, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> so we had to have a whole conversation.
0: So the bell rings to start the match, and Jericho grabs a mic. Like, oh, okay. Jericho calls Saturn a freak and an embarrassment and says he looks like an idiot. <laughs> then the match starts. He
1: doesn't look like an idiot, though. Like, Jericho has come out in stupider outfits.
0: Saturn hits a nice T-bone suplex and then a belly to belly and this is where I started to note it. You might note it in the last match where commentary is just off and very antagonistic with each other. This, I noted it show. during the
1: last match. Like I they were not really talking much about the match. They were just kind of talking amongst each other and it was just kind of rude and snippy.
0: I, I know Bobby Heenan did not like Tony Schiavone. I don't know how tony felt about bobby but i'm wondering if that's more and more coming to light
1: it's frustrating like i i noted during this like i want to be able to turn commentary off because they're kind
0: of ruining the match i actually felt the need after this show to be like is bobby heenan almost done on commentary he has like another year i'm like yeah it was yeah it was like so aggressive towards each other i'm like are you about to be like fired
1: like there's difference between like face and heel commentary heat that's one thing this is just, like, personal attacks. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, are, are you paying attention? Hmm? Yeah. Or, what happened there? It's like...
1: It's just... It's not like, you know, your your wife is a whore or whatever, stuff like that. It's just... It's like... It's like mild antagonism. <laughs> like... It's not like... It's not personal in those kinds of ways, I guess is what I was trying to say. But it's, it's just antagonistic in, like, a schoolyard bully kind of thing i don't know it's just childish yeah it's
0: not uh michael cole telling jerry lawler that his dead mother's ashamed of him that happened
1: (laughs) yeah i remember (laughs) oh
0: god yeah it's as bad as it was it's still better than late 2010 early 2011 heel michael cole commentary you can't have your head play-by-play guy being an obnoxious fucking dickhead heel
1: and like I'm, I think the difference for WWE versus WCW is like the main commentators on WWE, Michael Cole, Jim Ross, you know those kinds of names. They have like the heel face energy towards each other, but they still have chemistry. Like they are, they are saying the right things to each other to like work with the storyline, but so, also not distract from the match.
0: So I know what you mean, but um, it's very rare that Jr. and Cole are on commentary. I don't know why either. I said
1: Cole. I meant to say JR... Um, uh, Lawler. Yeah. But no, it was usually JR and Jerry Lawler. Yes. Yeah, so they had really good chemistry with each other. They could rib on each other, but still commentate the match in a way that was not overly distracting. The way that the, the Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan are doing it is just nitty and distracting.
0: You know what I think pushes that right to the limit, where I still enjoy it, but man, is it close to hmm. being obnoxious, is it's only like six months, but it's Jim Ross and Paul Heyman.
1: I don't like Paul Heyman on commentary.
0: Uh, literally, like, that's his only stretch of doing it, so.
1: Good. Because I, I also don't really like Taz on commentary. I find him a little obnoxious. Yes. He's better, but I don't like him.
0: Yeah, Taz is still growing. We, I think we saw a lot of a lot of bad Taz. He gets kind of weird, especially... I, I've showed you clips of him in AEW, mm. and there's just now a whole of mania segment to just him... Just getting ribbed by Excalibur. (laughs)
1: With Taz, I feel like he kind of reminds me of a video game where he has, like, a set... He has, like, set phrases that he says. And he, like... You kind of know when he's going to say certain phrases. Like, when someone gets pinned, oh, that's it! And the second Taz is like, oh, that's it! You know that they're going to kick out. (laughs) Anyway, commentary this episode is really fucking annoying.
0: In the ring, Saturn catapults Jericho to the outside and then vaults on top of him. Saturn then tosses Ralphus inside the ring and rips the dress off of him for some reason.
1: (sighs) Yeah, okay. Really
0: unprompted.
1: It was kind of unprompted, but it made me laugh because when Ralphus came out, I think I even noted to you that they kept the tags on the dress that Ralphus was wearing. So in my head, I'm like, oh, WCW Productions is going to return this dress. They don't want to pay for it. And then they rip it off. I'm like, well, what was the point of keeping the tags on?
0: (laughs) I it was just to make Ralph a scene trashy. Because he needs help.
1: Yeah, really.
0: Jericho drop kicks Saturn from behind, followed shortly by an attempted cocky pin, which gets countered. Jericho then hits a corkscrew flying nothing. There are variations of the flying nothing. Yes. Because a lot of times Bob Holly will hit, like, the Mary Poppins flying nothing, <laughs> where he just kind of jumps, like, up, and, and, like, the person's only, like, two feet in front of them, so it just comes straight down.
1: Jericho's flying nothing, he kind of, like, at least bends his knees and, like, lunges a little bit so, like, he could be doing something, but he just doesn't.
0: Saturn kicks out and then hits a ten-punch spot in the corner before pulling his dress over Jericho's face.
1: Yeah, and I don't really know what he was going for there. Was he trying to, like, just disorient him, I guess?
0: I don't know. Saturn counters a top-rope crossbody into the rings of Saturn, but Jericho manages to get his feet on the ropes. Saturn then goes for a lion's salt, but Jericho moves and hits one of his own. Saturn manages to hit the Death Valley driver on Jericho, but doesn't pin him.
1: This is where it got weird.
0: Instead, he hits the Death Valley driver on the ref and leaves.
1: Yeah, just walks out of the ring.
0: While he's walking out, he turns to the camera and says, life's a drag.
1: So does that mean like he's embracing the drag?
0: I guess, but Jericho wins by countout, not by DQ, which I thought was weird. Yeah.
1: That was a strange... Like, he was going to win regardless, but why would you say it was by count-out?
0: Well, Saturn left, so he would have got counted out. However,
1: he blatantly... Saturn should have gotten DQ'd. Yeah, he
0: hit a blatant, like, multi-step move on the ref.
1: So that's what I don't understand. Like, why would you say it's just... Like, you have two options there. Both are correct, but go with the one that happened first. He DQ'd first.
0: I'm wondering if the logic was the ref is, like, scared to DQ Saturn because he got suspended for weird maybe. officiating
1: we might be thinking too far into. It. yeah
0: he jericho would have won otherwise yeah so yeah jericho wins saturn's keep wearing the dress i thought this was a good match but the finish absolutely killed any killed a lot of the enjoyment for me maybe not any enjoyment
1: <sighs> yeah so you have you have more of an issue with that than i do like even with like tv shows the ending of something really ruins the whole experience for you game of thrones exactly I didn't hate the match. The ending was fucked up, but the match itself wasn't awful. It was it was fine.
0: Why did Saturn keep fighting him?
1: Mm. Entertainment. You wanted to put on a good show for the audience. I don't know. I like, don't know. It's a match. It's wrestling.
0: <laughs> yes, and we talked about Bobby Lashley winning the title. The Miz was like, "Cool, I have to give you your match, sure." And then he just grabbed the title and left. And I'm like. You know what? That makes sense that a shitty asshole chicken shit heel would do this. If you're in a match where you want to lose this, this stipulation, it's like, okay, just walk out in the first minute.
1: Maybe he just want, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to beat up Jericho a little bit. Maybe he wanted to hit the ref and get like a little bit of revenge and he didn't really care about the dress.
0: That's the most logical one. I think you need commentary to support that to the story, which we're unfortunately not We're not going to get that
1: because commentary is a piece of shit right now.
0: I kind of compare it to various tag team matches where one partner turns on the other, but they still have a whole like 15, 20 minute match beforehand. And oh, it's like, yeah. why were you doing this whole match? What would have happened if your guy had won somehow in the first, you know, five minutes?
1: Then it wouldn't have turned. I guess we'll never know.
0: Oh, I missed it on the uh, previous one. Uh, Booker T won the previous match in nine minutes nineteen seconds. Jericho won in eleven seventeen. Yeah, strange ending, which is unfortunate because, in ring wise, it's probably the best match that they've had.
1: The two of them, absolutely. It's like, like I am saying, it's not a bad match. The ending was garbage, but it's not a bad match. And
0: we keep expecting Jericho to get the dress, and he's not getting it. He's
1: not going to get it.
0: I was like, okay, they're going to retcon it here. They had their fun for a month. They're like, no, they're... uh...
1: I think Perry likes it. I don't know. Maybe he's just that kind of guy. We don't know what his personal life is. Maybe he likes it. I do not know. He said life's a drag. Maybe that's his way of saying, like, outside of WWE, WCW, whatever, he's a drag queen. I don't think so. Imagine him on RuPaul's Drag Race.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how much longer this goes, but uh this part at least does not follow him to WWE.
1: We don't have horribly longer with Jericho.
0: Jericho, no, we have even less time. Jericho's last like TV appearance, I want to say, is in April. Oh wow. He works the house show loop until like June and then he shows up in August in WWE. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Next up, we have a com interview with Conan and Rey Mysterio. It gets cut off very suddenly. Usually these don't hold for a while, yeah. but this just really, like, middle of, like, like their sentence. I'm just like, all right, here's the Scott Snyder DDP package.
1: Yeah, it was weird.
0: And that, just kinda and that weird. match isn't even next.
1: They don't have a great, like, lineup. But yeah, there there wasn't really much happening in that Rey interview. I think he was just talking about, like... I'm not losing my mask. The mask stays on.
0: Ladies, the mask stays on. (laughs) Our third match of the night is for the Cruiserweight title. It is Billy Kidman versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. Chavo. He does not know that theme. I know. Even though that theme slaps. (laughs) Does it slap?
1: It does slap. Yeah, I had a really hard time with this match. I love Billy Kidman, but I could not get into this match.
0: Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure... Why this match is happening? No. Apparently they were a team during the tag title tournament.
1: Oh, yes. That was briefly shown during the but that's tag not, title. But
0: that's not a reason for them to have a Cruiserweight title match. No,
1: I have a vague memory of... They were tag team champion... Or they were in the tag team tournament. And some match didn't go right. Billy blamed Chavo. They, like, they kind of like turned on each other. I have a vague memory of this in some video package. Am I making this up?
0: I don't. I don't think you're making. I I don't remember it.
1: I have a very vague memory of it, and maybe it was just like an in passing sort of thing. But that's the only thing that I can think of that would make sense for this match because I remember watching this match or the beginning of this match and thinking, "Oh, okay, that makes sense."
0: Why is but they turned on each other? But Chavo was getting a title shot. Why is Chavo getting a title shot? I don't know. Chavo lost to Norman Smiley last month.
1: Championship. Oh.
0: And their basis for doing this is, you guys lost in the tag title tournament.
1: Yeah, that one I don't get. The two of them going after each other made sense to me, but for the title, that didn't make sense.
0: Chavo comes out to a very small reaction. It's probably because he isn't a Pepe anymore.
1: Yeah, Pepe was really his, his height.
0: He's really the uh, the Marty Jannetty in that uh, in in the, in, that, in that relationship to Pepe's Shawn Michaels.
1: <laughs> so you're telling me that Shawn Michaels went through a wood chipper? No, but he... We... <laughs> don't <laughs> just don't.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm still. Yeah, unfortunately, we will never get to see the classic tag team of uh, Pepe and Moppy.
1: Oh man, can you imagine? <laughs> it's probably better it, that we
0: don't. There's an old saying that Ric Flair could ha- could, could have a good match with 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 a broom. Mm-hmm. I say that's want to say. I, I, I want to see the tag team of David Flair and Ric Flair against Moppy <laughs> and Pepe.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh,
0: Here's the funny thing. I think, uh, I think Pepe is probably the second best worker in that match. Oh!
1: Anyway. <laughs>
0: On commentary, they note that Lex Luger has a torn bicep. I don't know why they felt the need to mention it during this match. Yeah.
1: Like, this is when they tell us that Luger's not going to be fighting.
0: Yes, which is a legit torn bicep. And they're like, oh, we don't know who his partner's going to be later.
1: Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you tell us that, like, at the top of the show, when you have, like, just commentary and you're not talking over a match, when people would actually be paying attention and understanding what you're saying? Why?
0: Kidman counters a top rope crossbody with a dropkick, and this match is, unfortunately, a lot of nothing.
1: Yeah. I think that's why I had such a hard time getting into it. Because I kept waiting for something to happen, and, like, nothing happened.
0: Chavo hits a top rope, Hurricane Rana. And then he hits a Randy Orton DDT off the top rope.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, oh. It's it's weird seeing moves that become part of someone's, like, regular arsenal being broken out by other people.
1: Yeah, like, way before them, too. Yeah,
0: just that, like, because Randy Orton usually drapes them, like, from the second rope. Like, Chavo did his from the top rope. Chavo then goes for a powerbomb, but it gets countered into a facebuster. Shocker. Of course. Kidman manages to hit a fairly clean shooting star press. I know it's probably because Booker T hit his scary top rope move earlier, so the quota had been filled.
1: They can only allot for one scary top rope move.
0: Kidman gets the pin. Woo! Yeah, this is...
1: (laughs) Of all the Kidman matches that I've enjoyed, this one I enjoyed the least. Yeah. If at all.
0: I know he did well against Disco Inferno in our first pay-per-view outing. Mm-hmm. But man, it's like you don't put him in the ring with world-class talent and this is kind of what you get.
1: If you expect Billy Kim in to carry the match, yeah, he's not gonna.
0: Especially because I feel like he's usually working almost a little more like powerful style, especially for like a small guy. And I didn't really get that here.
1: True. Yeah, he really wasn't. I don't know, it was just a really boring match. Maybe it was just like office game that night or something.
0: It does feel emblematic of a lot of this pay per view of just oh this has some promise. I don't know what I'm how much I'm expecting. And I'm like, okay, it gave me Nothing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter what you were expecting, it gave you none of it.
0: We then get a Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow video pack or big sorry, Bam Bam Bigelow Big pa- Elbow pa- video please. package.
1: <laughs> Bigelow is my father.
0: Slash music video because Was it a music video? Well See, this, this is where it's weird, because I have a definition of what a video package is. There's like three different things that WCW does. They have the recap package, which is usually just, which is usually just, here's the clip in its entirety, or we're going to very slightly trim out some middle bits. Mm-hmm. But there's no additional music or any sort of fanfare. There's then the music video package, which is, we're just going to play a song. I don't know whether it was generic originally or it's a rights thing, but there's no additional dialogue. So it's just people hitting moves. Then there's the traditional WWE video package, which has, you know, editing of, you know, the order a bit, has dialogue and has music. Mm-hmm. That's a rare one here, but this one is just them.
1: But that one's more used in WWE.
0: They do it every now and again. Oh, okay. But, like, this one was just, here's these two guys hitting moves set to music you're not going to remember. Yeah. So it's not effective. It's just, cool, Here here's here's these two guys.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just kind of like glamour shots of just, like,
0: meh. I know you don't like doing backstage interviews, but this spot could have been filled by doing a quick two minutes.
1: Yeah. A tight two.
0: Just... Have Bam Bam say, I'm going to beat him up. And then beat up his girlfriend on a leash or something. What? <laughs> Don't remember the...
1: <laughs> I remember it. It's just you pulled it out when I was not expecting it. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because there were, there were posters in the audience for this. Did you notice? Well, for the, the Goldberg-Bam Bam match. Where that's like, Goldberg loves animals. It's like, Peter loves Goldberg. Something along those lines. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I realize I've not been super observant of the the, the crowd sides.
1: I haven't tried to be, because they they bring me joy. I find them funny.
0: So next up, we have our second title match tonight. It is the tag team title match, which is the finals of the tournament. Commentary notes that this was a double elimination tournament. Since Benoit and Malenko came from the losers bracket, they have to beat Barry Windham and Kurt Heideck twice. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, that's what this match is. It is Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig versus Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, yes. So Wyndham and Hennig only have to win once. Benoit and Malenko have to win twice. You struggle with this on, on the day. So I did, yeah. I make sure yeah. you got it.
1: It was, it was confusing, but I think I figured it out. I
0: thought it was weird that it was a double double elimination tournament to begin with.
1: Yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me in the overall, but did... when you explain like bracket to bracket, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering, like, do you really need to kill some thunder time?
1: <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe even worldwide. So there is a fuck ton of stalling to start this match. It feels like it takes five minutes for anything to even happen.
1: Yeah, it was. It was very slow paced. <laughs> everything was just slow. It was slow to start. It was slow to like everything.
0: Yeah, and we've so we talked about this before, but Barry Wyndham's look of the jeans and like the jean vest commentary actually notes like it's kind of a strange look especially considering his wrestling style
1: did they note it at this point i have tuned out commentary yes
0: and because like i really i worked on before they noted i'm like he doesn't look like a former horseman but i'm like no he does not either then again neither does mongo
1: yeah but i also just forget that mongo exists now he's gone so it doesn't even matter
0: <laughs> yeah and mongo is now a former horseman Benoit and Hennig tag in after a lot of the stalling, and I went, you know what? That's a singles match I would have liked to have seen.
1: Benoit and Kurt Hennig? Yeah. Yeah. I st- I'm realizing that I have no idea how to spell Kurt Henning's name.
0: H-E-N-N-I-G, which I always want to say Kurt Henning. It's Hedding.
1: Hedding. It's German. So I spell it, I, I think it's German, Kurt Henning, that's a very German name. So I want to spell it like German, like H-O-E-N-N-I-G. But that's not it.
0: <laughs> no, that's the, that, that's what they would do if Kurt Hedig was a uh, trademark named. They'd have to change it to that. Oh, yeah, maybe. Give him give him a German stereotype, have him come out talking about Wienerschnitzel. schnitzel.
1: Come out in Lederhosen. Yeah. He could pull off Lederhosen. I'm
0: trying to think there hasn't been a lot of German wrestlers.
1: Not in like that stereotypical way now. I feel like today, if they did a big, scary German... Re- if, if they did a German wrestler, it would be the big, scary German wrestler. Like, you know how I think that Brock Lesnar is a German man?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, there was probably somebody on shitty 2008 WWE CW.
1: I still just love that. It just flows so easily, C W.
0: Well, you're going to be disappointed because that's not what they called it. That's what the internet has deemed it because it's simpler. Of not. That, I think... We started watching the Mae Young classic, and I think one of the uh, women in that was a big, scary German woman.
1: She was. I remember her. I remember her name, but yeah, she like...
0: She lost, too, so... She lost, yeah.
1: Yeah, she was kind of scary looking. Like, this is starting to sound a little racist that, like, German people are scary.
0: It's a misconception because the language sounds scary.
1: Oh, it's my favorite language on this planet. I've taken five years of German. It's my favorite language. And the country is gorgeous. And I would love to retire there someday. Every German person I've met in person, amazing. German athletes, terrifying. I studied under German and Austrian swim coaches for like summer camps. And they were the worst weeks of my life because they were so intense and scary. And I hated it.
0: <laughs> Can't say I've been there, but uh, love love the beer, guys. Keep it up. Ten out of ten. Back to the match. <laughs> Benoit hits a big diving headbutt. Dean, ta- you're a big
1: diving
0: headbutt. I'm sorry. Dean tags in and tries to pin headache, but the ref is distracted, and he was just really overall sloppy in the distraction because then he comes over and he kicks out a little bit after, and he gets distracted for like way too long. I was, I'm, I didn't know what to say about this match because it's a lot. It another, it's another lot of nothing match. And I was very disappointed.
1: Yeah, you had very high hopes for this match. I think there was a point when they when the ref got distracted, we were both kind of like, uh, uh, hello?
0: So the finish is weird, too, because Barry Windham gets put in the Texas Cloverleaf by Dean Malenko. Hennig breaks it up, and him and Benoit kind of, like, brawl then, and Dean just puts it right back on. Yeah. That's the finish of the first one. Wyndham taps out. Yeah. So now it's sudden death. Dean goes to put it on again because he had to break the hole because it's like a 30 second in between period. And Wyndham chokes him with his like belt, not the title belt, like a, like a pants belt. Oh, yeah. He then clotheslines him and continues to choke him. And the ref...
1: The ref was trying very hard to not look at this belt. He yeah. was trying to look at literally anything else.
0: Well, the ref also is trying too hard to look elsewhere because he has him pinned for like yeah. 30 seconds before the ref comes out. Like, oh shit, I have to count this. And he pins him. The new champions are Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig.
1: I deemed this bad call of the night.
0: I didn't notice the ref trying to blatantly avoid the belt. The ref just very much seemed to try to be break, breaking up Benoit and Hennig mm-hmm. and then was very late to the pinfall. But I usually think bad call of the night is something that should have clearly been a DQ. Windham actually... Like this, well, I think this is
1: a contender, at least. I right. actually
0: thought Wyndham hid the belt fairly well once he was in the pin because he had kind of like the arm over the throat, hiding it there, was like laying on the, the rest pin, of it. Yes, I thought the rest back was already turned at that point. I don't know. The match quality bothered me more than that part of the finish.
1: I was. I, this was just boring. Yeah, it was not good. This had so much potential to be so much better for the talent that you had in the ring, but it was so boring. It was just very like punch kicky corner, like nothing
0: yeah wasn't hard hitting like no real drama and you have this whole like 20 minute match and then you have this 30 second break and then it's just a pin and that's the second match it was like oh
1: yeah
0: oh and i, so. I missed it again billy kidman and chopa went eight twenty six.
1: ah okay i also don't remember exactly what i was referring to it must have been kurt's outfit but i just have a note i can't stop staring at kurt's dick
0: Yes, he needed to be wearing a cup during this.
1: Yes. I vaguely remember this.
0: I just know these guys are capable of better, and so it makes me sad.
1: Yeah. There's
0: a lot of this pay-per-view. I know these guys can do better, so I'm sad this is what they produced. Yeah. We then get a fairly lengthy video package. I think this one had all three of the not-quite-in-order, or at least chopped-up-of-different-segments. Because that's also an issue where like, it's like, oh, this is just a recap, and it's just the one segment. Mm. And it's like, that's not a video package, that's just a recap at a certain point.
1: Yeah. But, like, we get so few recaps, like, I'm not against yeah. it.
0: But, um, yeah, this one was lengthy, running through Scott Hall beating Chris Benoit and Bret Hart and Roddy Piper. And they included the Will Sasso bits in that match. And I think it's meant to explain why Scott Hall suddenly... Is number one contender because benoit was number one contender and then hall beat him but i didn't think that was for the number one contendership and then flair said that hall wasn't going to be number one contender because he didn't like him and it was like fuck it it's abusing my power i know but i don't want to give it to you right so then he gave it roddy piper but now that piper's a champion scott hall is gonna face roddy piper
1: yeah i'm i know you're still looking for the logic in a lot of this stuff i'm not I'm just watching it for what it is at this point.
0: Well, also logically, oh, you set up that video package that should be next. And Scott Hall does wrestle next. However, Scott Hall is part of the tag team of him and Kevin Nash facing Conan and Rey Mysterio.
1: Yes. So Scott Hall is the replacement for Lex Luger. Surprise, surprise.
0: Yes. And commentary seems shocked and not shocked like, oh my, can you believe it? Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> but again, commentary doesn't know what side they're on. They're like, what they're talking about. They're, they, I have a lot of notes just like, commentary, shut up for this match. Oh, man.
0: Luger and That's Liz. I'm yeah. sorry. Luger and Liz come out with Hall and Nash. Nash grabs a mic and says, Oak Town, Cali. That's it.
1: They're in Oakland. Not Oaktown. It's Oakland.
0: That might be a nickname for the city. I don't know. That's so I was, stupid. Even even then, if you got to Mike and just said Oakland, and that was it, like that's kind of fr-
1: it's lazy, but it would make more sense.
0: Oaktown he, sounds more disrespectful. He's also a heel. Yeah. Don't don't play to the crowd.
1: Oh, it doesn't matter to me.
0: <laughs> even, well, even Tony Schiavone notes, oh, weird to uh, cut like a three word promo. <laughs>
1: See, the problem is, like, they're heels for the business, but they're not heels in the eyes of the audience. The he- audience fucking loves the NWO.
0: Yeah, it's a, so it's, it's a weird level. So they're not heels,
1: they're just, like, cocky assholes but that are getting fed the cockiness from the audience. So, like, when you say, like, oh, they're heels, they shouldn't be fed into the audience, the audience is what's keeping them alive.
0: Right, and I think the storytelling is suffering because of it.
1: Yes, but that's... That's why they have their heel heat is because the audience loves them.
0: That's not heel heat. I, then. I,
1: I don't. I can't explain it. Like the backstage stuff hates them. Like they are always the villain in the matches, but the audience loves them, so they're going to pander to the audience.
0: Well, that's also maybe maybe it's a bit of a catch twenty two of stop pandering to them and maybe they'll start booing you.
1: They're never gonna get booed. They don't want to get booed.
0: So Ray and Conan then come out to Ray's theme, and we get our next. So Ray is rocking, it's black and silver again. But um, I never really figured out what to call them. But like inside, like the emblems, it's holographic.
1: On like the jowls of his mask. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to think of like, okay, it's a shiny Pokemon, but not really. We couldn't oh, figure out. Like, I,
0: I, I wasn't thinking shiny. I was thinking at least I was at least. I was thinking it is the Pokemon card for this Pokemon that is holographic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I went. So what did you have?
1: I had Houndoom.
0: Are you using the skin again? you did Houndour one week.
1: I mean, not as much, but like a little bit.
0: Ooh, okay. I got to ask you, because I think I might be able to uh, steer you slightly in in basically the same direction, but just a little more severe. Is he Houndoom, or is he Mega Houndoom?
1: Mm, I think I need to see a picture of Ray again at this point. I, I, I was thinking with Houndoom.
0: I went with, uh, I know it's Generation 4, and you frowned upon that. I went with with Blitzle, because Blitzle also just kind of have yeah. the like the multicolor. The eye is yellow and like a multicolor blue, so it just kind of have that holographic look. Plus, it's an electric type, and I could see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, again, again, it's it's getting harder and harder. I think I'm realizing how what a non variety of Pokemon colors there are. Because <laughs> black and silver shouldn't be hard to find. And I feel like we struggle with that one a lot.
1: Yes, yes, they really
0: is. just black Pokemon in general.
1: There really aren't a ton,
0: especially in Generation One and Two, because
1: yeah, that's that's the only reason I have. B with you going to Generation Four is because you have to explain to me what that Pokemon is, and I've played enough games and like sat with you while you're playing enough games. I should I should recognize the names when you're like, it's Blitzy. And I'm like, who the fuck is Blitzy?
0: No, Blitzle. Blissy is a different Pokemon. Also, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's Chansey's evolution in Generation Two. But again, see, it's Generation Two, and you don't know you're like.
1: The evolutions. If you tell me it's who was it, Clefairy, Clefable is that what you just said? Chansey. Chansey. Sorry. If you told me it was Chansey's evolution, i like, oh I know Chansey.
0: Yeah, Chansey's Gen 1.
1: Yeah. It's still something that I recognize. What is that an evolution of? I'm saying the general public. I'm not saying the person who knows every single Pokemon from every single evolution of every single generation.
0: It's in Pokemon Go.
1: I quit this podcast.
0: So Conan grabs the mic and does his shtick. I forget if he does the uh, peel potato again.
1: I didn't make note of it, so I don't know that he does.
0: So the match starts, and I think I said this to you. I'm like, in the grand scheme, I think Scott Hall is an upgrade to Lex Luger in terms of working a match with Rey Mysterio. You think? I think so, because I think Luger would work so similarly to Nash that it's just too... Large power men. I think Hall works a little more balanced.
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay, so hold on, we have to go back because okay. you missed one of my favorite bits.
0: I do. I don't remember this. My
1: favorite person in this this whole the, the shining light oh. of this pay per view. The only person that is having a good time during this pay per view.
0: Yes, because it was during the three word promo.
1: Yes, someone who is so proud to be from Oaktown, Calais. So they cut to the audience while he's doing this promo, and there's this girl standing in the stairwell, holding on to the like barrier thing, one arm in the air, just going
0: woo. Close up on her too. And they yes. had to, like pull out, and it was she's like she's
1: obviously drunk, having a great time. I love her. I want to be her when I grow up.
0: I don't think you have too much time left.
1: I already might be older than her.
0: <laughs> so back to the match. Hall tosses a toothpick in Ray's face. Ray ends up hitting a springboard Famouser and then a springboard Senton. Hall catches Ray and hits a last call. He then tells Ray to suck it. (laughs) Which I kind of wanted to generally talk about that. The suck it? They're doing the crotch chop and suck it a lot on TV recently. Yes. And I'm like, guys, that's not your thing. Whose thing is it? It's DX's thing.
1: It's not like it's not like they came up with the the movement and the words. So like I didn't think it was like oh this is only DX and only on WWE TV.
0: Yeah, I know, but that's in the wrestling world. That is very largely. I a, guess. It. it's like I mean the the two sweet motion spawns from just being in the in like the click, which mm-hmm. is Sean Hunter, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, X Pac, and then if you want to take his word for it, just incredible. But. <laughs> Like, it spawned from that, but you don't really see, you know, DX going on stage being like, oh, fucking click.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: It felt a little weaker on top of trying to be blatantly edgy. It was like, you're trying to be edgy with shtick that isn't even yours.
1: Yeah. I don't know. it, It fits what they're doing. It fits NWO. It fits these two. So it never, like, occurred to me that it's DX's thing.
0: Yeah, but other guys are doing it, too. I forget who, but we see it a couple of times. I, I, I think Hogan does it at one point, and I'm like, mm. ugh.
1: Is it also just, like, in culture in 99? I don't know. Because it very well might just be, like, a thing that the kids are doing these days. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, he's on WWE TV. It was rare that other people would do it who weren't DX. Yeah, but like they the main, had a better show. I mean, the main one I can think of is May Young.
1: But that was incredible.
0: Yeah, May Young would do it before a Bronco Buster. <laughs> I don't know when it is, but I need to find the uh, the Bronco Buster she does to Eric Bischoff, where she's apparently like rubbing anchovies on her vag beforehand. Ew, so it would fucking so smell nasty. Oh, May Young, you treasure.
1: <laughs> Let's power through this match because uh,
0: yeah, we are moving a bit slow.
1: We, yeah, we're trying to not talk about this and
0: so Nash tags in and works right over before quickly tagging out which is the same shit that happened during their last match.
1: Yeah, like it's very clear that Nash just does not want to be wrestling. No. He wants to be there, but he doesn't want to wrestle.
0: Ray counters an Outsider's Edge and tags in Conan. This is where I pointed out to you that I don't remember the last time Scott Hall hit the Outsider's Edge in the traditional way of like it's basically a powerbomb where you have to do the rotation. Mm-hmm. I literally can't think of the last time he actually did a full rotation. Spoilers, he will later in this match. But, like, he almost always does it from, like, somebody being in the corner. Mm. He also barely ever hits it, period.
1: Well, yeah, I don't really... Like, when you mentioned that, I was like, I don't really know if I've actually seen the move done correctly at that point then. Yeah, it
0: is a move that almost requires the full length of the ring to do well. Because the person doing the move, like, lays down. And then you're still holding them and they drop them past you. So you need... 10 feet of clearance to even Mm -hmm. do it so depending on where you are in the ring if he goes for it i'm like well you're not hitting this right nash then tags in he works over conan in the elbow and i'm really over his like framed up elbow where he does like like the picture kind of (laughs) thing yeah and then because all he does afterwards is a move he had just done like four of he does like two or three back elbows and then it's like let well, me frame up this next one. It's like...
1: It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Do something different there. Like, like do like a big boot, like a Sami Zayn Halluva kick something, kind of thing.
1: yeah. I did love Dance Mom Scott Hall in the background, though.
0: I'm sorry, i sorry. Dance Dance Mom Scott Hall? I think,
1: it, I, I think I pointed this out when we were watching it, but um, while he's doing the frame-up thing, like, right behind him, you can see him, like, off of on the apron, is Scott Hall. And he's also doing the frame-up thing, and it just reminded me of, like, you know, mom's backstage of their child's you know dance recital doing the moves along with their kid <laughs> it just gave me those kinds of vibes
0: i just realized we never actually mentioned the stipulation in this match we've been so busy trying i thought
1: to... we did oh
0: no we did not mention it's liz's hair against ray mysterio's mask
1: right and going into this i thought i knew the outcome of this match i really did
0: in the ring conan hits his rolling clothesline and both men are down so they do the double hot tag. Ray hits two springboard dropkicks and then vaults off of Nash to dropkick Hall.
1: That was probably my favorite move in this match, because that was really cool. That was a really fun move.
0: I forget who we saw do it previously, but I think someone did that at um at Sold Out and you really liked it then too. Yeah, it's but a but good that was move. that was a dive to the outside. I'm like, oh shit.
1: That was a good move.
0: Luger, Luger pulls Conan out of the ring and Ray hits a springboard moonsault to Nash while Nash is standing. I think they say, like, oh, his knee caught Nash in the head. Like, Nash is out. But Liz distracts the ref. Hall hits the edge onto Ray and then drags Nash on top of Ray. And they get the win.
1: Yep. So this is the point where I start going into denial. Because I'm like, no, no, no. I remember, for whatever reason, I still can't explain it. I have a vision in my head of Miss Elizabeth getting her hair shaved. I I can see it vividly in my mind's eye. So in my like when this happened, I was like, oh, okay, so they're so like Ray's gonna run off and not let him take off his mask. Like they're gonna redo this match, and I, what I'm imagining must happen at a different time. They're gonna like redo the match or something. Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> Ray unmasks with help from Conan, untying it for him.
1: It's just it's so oh, oh, it's, it's it hurts.
0: Yeah, you you can see him really. Yeah,
1: you can see him really not wanting to do this so i'm shocked he stays with the company much longer
0: he stays till the end
1: i cannot believe it
0: i think the fact that he has the mask in 2002 also threw for a loop yeah now i have to ask unmasked ray mysterio is he a hunk
1: no because it doesn't feel right i don't want to say unmasked mysterio is a hunk it feels wrong
0: so when he takes it off nash is like oh put it back on oh you're ugly and then he puts the mask on, like the top of his face, with like the chin strap being like over his nose.
1: Super disrespectful. Like, fuck off. So cruel. Like, li- like the commentary li- even makes a comment of like, oh, well, he may not have the mask, but Rey Mysterio can wear a bag over that face. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, like,
0: guys. L- listen. Like, additionally, with Nash putting the mask on, like, if you're gonna put a big man like in a mask. Like, in, in some sort of way, like, you, what you want to do is, like, wrap him all the way up from head to the toe and give him some sort of, you know, like, weird gimmick, like a yeti or something.
1: Nick was so excited last night when he figured out how he was going to tie the yeti into this fucking episode. I'm sorry, the one. I'm not saying it again.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: but no, it was completely and grossly disrespectful, the way that they treated that mask and the way that they treated Rey Mysterio in this. And then you told me that he stays unmasked for the rest of his career in WCW. I hate that.
0: I don't know what this means for who's that Pokemon.
1: That's true.
0: I I, I don't know. Well, was
1: that our last? Who's that Pokemon? It might
0: be, which is sad because it was
1: That's a fun... like our favorite segment.
0: <sighs> Overall, in this match, fuck off.
1: Yeah, it, this is a fuck off out of ten.
0: It it wasn't a bad match either. Ring like ring quality, but. The stipulation just fucks it.
1: The stipulation was bad. I don't like Hall and Nash, so that already gave me negative points. The ending gave me negative points. Like, the match wasn't good enough to make up for the negative points. And I know earlier I said, like, you can't let the ending of a match dictate whether or not the match was good. But when the rest of the match cannot live up to the bullshit ending, then, yeah. Like, it's it's all bad. It's a fuck you out of 10.
0: I want to add an additional fuck you to Eric Bischoff, who made this happen.
1: I swear we should have. We sh- from the beginning, we should have started like a tally of how many fuck you, Eric Bischoff's we could have given during the length of this podcast.
0: Now, do you want to hear Ray's thought on the matter?
1: Oh, did he give a quote?
0: In Mexico, when a wrestler loses a mask, it's the high point of the night and maybe the year. There's a moment of pride. The winner takes off the mask and treats it like a sacred trophy. It's a matter of respect to the profession as well as to the wrestler. But in America, things are different. Nash and Hall started playing with it with a mask in the ring. Kevin stuck it on the back of his head. Not exactly a lot of respect for tradition there. This also caused problems for a totally different promotion.
1: Hmm.
0: So Ray was supposed to face psychosis in Mexico. And it was going to be a mask versus mask match, which Ray was going to lose because... I guess he had, you know, was already booked, mm-hmm. and there was some sort of commission that was like, no, you can't do this match. Mm-hmm. There is a real life commission for pro wrestling in Mexico, and it's why beca- couldn't they do the match because Ray already lost his mask and
1: oh he uh, couldn't put it back on
0: nope wow so instead of mask versus mask they were gonna do hair versus hair and they're like nope you can't do that either so. Then they just did a straight match for some title in that promotion and Ray actually won the match.
1: (laughs) It's just rough.
0: And because of the incident, all the fans there booed the shit out of Ray.
1: It's not Ray's fault. Ray shouldn't have gotten booed like that.
0: Yes. And I will never not laugh at the reason.
1: This killed me. I was about to bring this up too.
0: That it's like, oh, you're more marketable without the Without the mask. Yeah. To which
1: he goes to WWF.
0: Yeah. Do you know what WWF didn't sell?
1: Masks. Yep. And then he goes to WWF and they sell his mask as merchandise. And it's insanely profitable. Yes,
0: because they also had like 40 different masks you can buy.
1: And action figures make him look different than everybody else because he is the masked wrestler. Everything. Like that mask made him unique and and different from everybody else that was on the roster. And yet...
0: Yeah, it's funny. Rey Mysterio actually caused a slight problem in like a lot of the WWE video games because they would only give him one attire, and it's like, no, Rey wears a bunch of different stuff. Come on!
1: Oh, true. You can't play Who's That Pokemon in the WWE games.
0: No. <laughs> Eventually, they had a uh, editor mode where you could change the like color of people's attires and give them your like your own alternate ones. Mm. But we'll have to see <laughs> if we can revive that going forward. Maybe we can squeeze some out of some other wrestlers, but... Uh,
1: yeah, maybe we can make it not just a Rey Mysterio thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer. But I know. That also just generally, like, took a little bit of life out of the event. And if that didn't take enough life out of the event, next up we have DDP and Scott Steiner.
1: Yeah, I think at this point... there Is, the, is this one that we watched in two parts? Or at least I watched in two parts?
0: You made it to the end of this match.
1: Yeah, cuz I think this I think the life took the life was sucked out of me after the Rey Mysterio match. And I was like I just, I can't watch this anymore tonight. And I watched more I watched the rest of it the next day. I just like, I can't do it.
0: So Steiner comes out and brings a random woman from the crowd into the ring, who I'm like she's definitely a plant. Oh,
1: 100% a plant.
0: I think I think it was the shoes for me that were a giveaway.
1: Oh, she was wearing, like, a skin-tight black dress, boobs popping out with the shoes. Like, yeah, she there. She was not just there for a fun night of wrestling.
0: He cuts a pretty generic Steiner promo. My Wait,
1: body is the best body. I'm
0: the best at sex, yada, yeah, yada, okay. yada.
1: Lots of body. So
0: DDP comes out and chases Steiner around and works him over to start. Buff Bagwell then runs out to check on Steiner. Of course
1: he does. It's your boy
0: they both enter the ring but ddp fights them off buff knees ddp off the ropes and steiner regains control commentary actually notes which is why this is not one of the worst calls they know that apparently ddp told the ref don't fucking yes. dq him i want to kill this man
1: yes and we we like stopped and thought about that and talked about it and like okay this is fine
0: Yeah. So like like oh this is basically a no dq match
1: yeah because there were so many dqs all at once <laughs>
0: So this is a slow, slow match with DDP getting worked over by Steiner Mm -hmm. and Buff interfering. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote, fuck, I'm over Buff Bagwell, but I'm terrified of Steiner's eventual world title reign.
1: Yeah, you keep mentioning that of like, just wait until he wins the title. And I just like, I think that's when this podcast ends.
0: It's, It's right towards the end, too. Thank God. At least in terms of a long, sustained, in quotes, run. <laughs> I won't remember ah. them. I just know in two thousand. I won't remember the specifics of a lot of them, but I just remember in the year two thousand, there's like twenty six or twenty seven world title changes.
1: Yes, you've mentioned that. I like as this as this continues on. Just think about the number that we said at the beginning of this. The amount of people that bought this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Like these pay per views weren't cheap, right?
0: probably 40 bucks
1: yeah in 99 like yeah. that's not cheap
0: yeah pay-per-view prices is kind of held for a decent while yeah. I know
1: but like this is some hot garbage and it just keeps going
0: Steiner hits a nice spinning belly to belly DDP goes for a roll-up and gets Steiner's ass out
1: oh of course yes I just I love the line of the, the tan the spray tan line
0: yeah on the this al- is pasty on the outside, Buff prepares a chair and then distracts the ref on the other side of the ring. Like he literally sets it up on one side and then runs around to the other side, and he's like, yeah, so "Over it's here!"
1: Like a no DQ, right? We kind of established that. That's yeah, like I mean,
0: there is, I guess, a level to it. I don't know. Steiner then hits the chair shot, and then Buff bolt cuts the turnbuckle pad on the other side, and like the ref should yeah. really see that because there was a fairly clear line of vision.
1: Yeah. Like, right in the eye line.
0: He eventually does notice and ejects him, but before that, DDP hits like a pseudo-headbutt to the groin. It was kind of strange. Yeah,
1: I, I don't fucking
0: know. So, so, this is where the build comes in a little bit weird to this match, because I think it was on Thunder, Steiner challenged DDP, even though they'd already made the match, and was like, I get Kimberly for 30 days. Mm, yes. They don't note that at any point during this match.
1: Good. <laughs> don't they make a comment at the very beginning of like, I'll get your woman whether she likes it or not?
0: I mean, Steiner does in his promo, but I'm saying yeah, it's nobody else does. a
1: questionable comment to make whether she likes it or not. Mm.
0: So on the outside, Steiner literally chases the ref around until DDP clotheslines him. Back inside, Steiner hits a top rope Frankensteiner... DDP manages to hit the Diamond Dream, which is the Jumping DDT. DDP goes for a Diamond Cutter, but gets pushed into the exposed turnbuckle, and then is slammed headfirst into the exposed turnbuckle. They also exposed the middle one for some reason?
1: Yeah, I think he was trying to get all three, and he just only got the two.
0: Well, you only really need to do two, but the issue is he then... Kind of gets him at a power slam position and, like, rams him in several times. And it's supposed to be, oh, my God, he's catching both of them. But he's not hitting the bottom one. Like, if you look, it's oh. very obviously only the top one. Oh. I think even the bottom one, like, f- wasn't even fully taken off.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. Oh, that's weird.
0: So it's, like, it's padded and he you're not even hitting it, so.
1: Yeah, so, like, what's.
0: Yeah. So, Steiner then locks in the Steiner recliner, and DDP has some really good facial acting before, like, he passing out.
1: Yes. Like, he he got his face two-turned-blue. Like, he he mimicked passing out very well. Maybe he wasn't mimicking.
0: So, Steiner, Steiner wins. We'll Yay. see if he gets Kimberly for 30 days. I doubt it. I doubt it, too.
1: I think shoot Kimberly was like, absolutely fucking not. I'm not part of this. Get me <laughs> out of this.
0: Yeah. DDP gets stretchered out. Steiner actually flips the stretcher before DDP gets on it. Boring match again.
1: They're all so boring.
0: I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> this I, I, one
1: was hard to get. This pay per view was hard to get through. Yeah,
0: could you actually didn't get through in one sitting. Exactly.
1: No, I couldn't.
0: I managed to make it one match longer, and then I just got distracted you by YouTube, and I went. I you know what? If I'd rather watch literally anything besides this, I need to come back to it tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Fucking sucks. Okay.
0: After that match, we get a WCW.com interview with Bam Bam Bigelow. We get heel Mark Madden gassing up Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> After that, we get the previously mentioned United States title match, Scott Hall versus Roddy Piper. Uh... <laughs> Disco comes out first.
1: Yeah, you're not part of this.
0: And then he like beckons Hall to come out. And... The song plays for a while, then it stops.
1: It plays an entire loop of his song.
0: And then Hall, and then plays again and Hall comes out. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck?
1: Like, he missed some kind of cue, but he, the entire song looped through.
0: Yeah, there's no explanation from commentary on why Hall has a title match. You wouldn't think he'd give it to Scott Hall considering they have an issue.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who can explain anything? Just let it happen.
0: Piper comes out and he drapes his kilt over Hall before blindsiding him.
1: (laughs) I do love kilt work. Kilt as a weapon.
0: Both men deliver obvious low blows in front of the ref.
1: Kilt as a weapon feels very Scottish. You know, like, they're, they're... I watch Outlander. They're very vicious. They will do what it takes. And if they can use their kilt as a weapon, they will.
0: Piper gets the sleeper on Hall. And then Hall motions for Disco Inferno to come in. Piper fights him off, so Kevin Nash comes down. Piper fights him off, so Hall weakly axe handles Piper's and then uses the ropes to pin Piper. Fuck, I just realized I got to the end of the match. So, I know I'm not doing well with, with uh, keeping up with, with the The times, times of
1: matches, of, yeah. It's okay. I, I think it's okay. This match went 8 minutes,
0: 19 seconds.
1: And you just got through it in three sentences.
0: Nothing happened. Oh my god, this match is slow, nothing. I something needs to happen in one of these matches.
1: Didn't you go through and get like star ratings for each of these matches?
0: I looked up the the uh Dave Meltzer stars. I think this this was like negative yeah. one something. It's fucking bad. <laughs> like I, I said the DDP and Steiner match was boring, but there was at least like working there was at least like working over of DDP. This was just Nothing. Yeah. Just walk around, punch, walk around, kick, walk around, punch. And it gets weird afterwards. Because Piper just holds on to the belt. Mm
1: -hmm. He, like, refuses to let it go. Yeah.
0: So Hall demands it, you know, per the ref's decision. And Piper is a bit of a sore loser and, like, Mm -hmm. tosses the belt on the floor to him. So then Hall tries to swing the belt at Piper. Piper ducks and fights off Hall. For Nash comes in and he Piper fights him off too. He then rolls to the outside, mumbles something. We could not for the life of us figure out what no, it was. No, you
1: backed up and rewatched it about five times. I, I rewatched on, it once or twice. I
0: put on um, closed captions that just said indistinct. Yeah. And Piper then gives a crotch chop.
1: Everyone's doing the crotch chop. And... That's
0: what are are doing these days. He then wanders off. And I thought the match was shit, but what the fuck was the post-match?
1: Yeah. Maybe even Piper knew that the match was shit and was like, this can't be how this ends.
0: I don't know. Piper almost reacted like that wasn't the finish to the match. I wonder. I've not heard anything saying mm-hmm. otherwise,
1: so. That'd be interesting, though.
0: Yeah. That was a very bad match. Among among the worst.
1: We're going to have a really hard time finding a best bit.
0: We did. We did have a hard time. So next up, we get Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow still has no music. And uh, when Goldberg comes out, commentary notes, he was on Jay Leno, and he, and he issues some sort of challenge to somebody. They don't say who it was.
1: At the beginning of this match, my first thought was, there's no way this match ends without interference.
0: So the challenge commentary mentioned, it was apparently Steve Austin.
1: Why? <laughs>
0: and apparently Goldberg didn't want to do it, but Nash and Bischoff made him. And he did so half-heartedly on the show that they never, you know, they never talk about it.
1: That would have just, why? why?
0: <laughs> I don't know. And shockingly, WWE didn't bring it up either.
1: No. That, yeah, that would have been a disaster.
0: So during the match, Bigelow shoulder blocks Goldberg, who gets right back up. Goldberg then hits a world's strongest slam, then they reset. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking slow match, isn't it? Yep. Goldberg hits a fireman's carry and then locks in an armbar, but Bigelow gets the ropes. Bigelow then pulls Goldberg half out of the ring, so just his lower half is is out. And then we get what is my bad call of the night, in full view of the referee... Hits two elbow drops right on Goldberg's dick.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be a bad goal.
0: It's just, it's so blatant. And it's not like both guys are cheating, like, okay, whatever. It's not the, oh, DDP told him not to. It's not, okay, these guys are old and can't work. We have to, because like Hogan at this point, fucking every match might as well be a DQ. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: This is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Goldberg. They didn't need the weird shortcut. No. Bam, bam, then locks in a leg lock, (laughs) toe hold, that is just bending Goldberg's leg the proper way.
1: Yeah, they say that they're, quote, overextending Goldberg's knee. However, I'm pretty sure I did more extensive stretches in my yoga this morning.
0: He then transitions to a different move, which actually looks worse. It's just like, oh, I'm going to bend your knee the way it goes.
1: And, like, the way he's selling it, it looks like it hurts. Like, good for him for selling, but, like... yeah. This is nothing because there's. Honey, a... I'm doing basic morning sunrise yoga, and I'm doing more extensive shit than this.
0: There are moves that it's like, okay, your leg bends this way, but it still like can be sore because of like ligaments. Like, I, I occasionally try to put the the, uh, the uh, Brock lock on you. Oh yeah, which your leg bends the way it's supposed to, but like you're basically being held up by the ligament in your knee, which is straining. Yeah. This was just I'm going to hug I'm going to hug your ankle. Bam bam then headbutts the knee and locks in a headlock for even more rest. Ooh. Goldberg gets out about one eternity later with a back <laughs> suplex. Bam bam hits a scoop slam and then a diving headbutt. Goldberg pulls Bigelow off the top and then goes for a spear, but Bam bam just rolls to the outside. Goldberg hits it shortly afterwards. Yeah. And then sets up for the jackhammer, but Decides said to hit a thrust kick and another spear. He then decides, OK, now the jackhammer and barely gets him up enough. You'd argue he didn't even get him yeah, up enough, but it
1: was questionable. He
0: didn't drop him on his fucking head and neck. So True. there's that. He gets the win. This match should have been cut in half.
1: Yeah, like it started OK and it lost heat pretty quick.
0: This match went 1139 and it honestly felt like the middle Oof. six minutes were just rest holds.
1: Yeah. I mean, these guys don't do long matches, and this is why. 11 minutes isn't a long match, but still.
0: It also made both men look bad in that it didn't make Bam Bam look in the League of Goldberg, and it made Goldberg look weak that he couldn't put away Bam Bam faster. Yeah. So it did damage to both men.
1: It was a poorly thought out match.
0: Probably better than Piper I it, and Yeah, I don't think Hall. it's the
1: worst match of the night, but it's not great.
0: Especially because this had a lot of build yes I, i've been thinking they were gonna do this match for like three months now
1: yeah and they kept saying like add super brawl or wherever the next pay-per-view whatever
0: they were setting this match up before world war three really yeah because bam bam shows up and tries to half interfere at world war III. Oh shit so since
1: and this is the payoff. november oh <laughs> uh, all right main event time let's do it
0: it's time for a technical classic Main event for the World Heavyweight title it is Ric Flair versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I want to
1: cry.
0: Yet Michael Buffer, he seems a bit more disinterested this time, I
1: noticed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He is here for a paycheck and that's it.
0: Hogan comes out talking to camera. I'm the reason this business is where it's at right now.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yes, you are, Hulk, but I don't think we uh, agree on where that position is.
1: Yes, that's probably true. <laughs>
0: I have a very small note, but I miss something very slight about Ric Flair's WWE presentation mm-hmm. as opposed to this. In WWE, I'm only be like the end of his run. Before the 2001 music starts, it has a woo sound effect. I'm like, I miss that.
1: I do love the woo.
0: Especially because the song starts so softly and mm-hmm. casually that you sometimes might miss that it's starting. Versus the woo, it's like, okay, he he's here. It is like announcement of Ric Flair has arrived.
1: And it still really works with the song, too. Like, it doesn't feel tacked on or out of place. All right, let, let's get into it. Let's just do it.
0: Rick has a small bandage on his face, which I think they said was from the beatdown.
1: Oh, in the, the field beatdown? Yeah. Ugh.
0: Or the post... Like, in-ring in, in ring axe handle be down.
1: Oh, yeah, the axe handle.
0: Rick does not come out trying to style and profile. He wants to fucking kill Hoko.
1: Yes. I'm okay with that. Like, that energy is good. <laughs>
0: yes, it is good until the match starts and they just do a collar and elbow tie-up. And then, you know, some shoulder blocks and then some chain wrestling.
1: We forgot to do Time to Blade.
0: We did. So, I was recently editing the uh, sold-out episode. Mm-hmm. And I was literally listening to us talking about I think it was Chavo and Norman Smiley, like, yeah, they don't come out and just do the Alright, oh I hate you, let's just lock up. And then we watched this and I was like, That's exactly yep, what exactly did. what they fucking do. <laughs> Hogan blatantly uses a chair on Flair multiple times. And I just have to know, I don't I honestly don't know when it happened. There was a point in Hulk Hogan's career where he just forgot about the concept of DQs. Because even in, i even in 94, he's doing eye rakes, he's doing biting. He was doing shit like this in WWE, too, yeah. in like the 80s. And it's like, when did you just forget the DQs exist?
1: I don't think he ever thought DQs were meant for him.
0: But when he uses the chair, I think that's when Rick bleeds and he went, oh, shit, we forgot time to blade.
1: Yeah, it was pretty early on, too.
0: Hogan suplexes flare on the outside and the ref also isn't counting for a count out.
1: So that's chair and that's count out that could be DQs but are being completely ignored.
0: I think at this point I'm just counting Hogan matches as being immune to them.
1: Yeah. I still like to look about what he gets yeah. away with because there's also a there's a bite in here obviously he takes the belt like it's it's all there every he hits every mark.
0: Yes because Flair gets fired up and attempts to come back but Hogan stops him and then whips him with it with his belt. He also catches him in the face once mm-hmm. or twice it's like oh shit. And I think this is where I realized, like, oh, fuck. What's Ric Flair wearing? Red. Exactly. And famously, Ric Flair usually loses when he's wearing red.
1: You've mentioned that before. I forgot that was a thing.
0: Hogan starts no-selling Flair's chops, so Flair low-blows him several times instead. <laughs> Flair then takes up Hogan's belt and hits him with it a few times. Good. Heenan notes that basically everyone in Hogan's life should have done that years ago. <laughs> Yes, and for whatever reason, Hogan Blades here.
1: Yeah, this is, this became a very bloody match real fast.
0: We then get Tori Wilson coming out.
1: Yeah, she looks okay. Can we talk about how great she looks, though? Well, I mean, yeah, she looks incredible.
0: Yeah, it's Tori Wilson.
1: Like, uh, she her hair color, her skin tone in that red dress. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's Tori Wilson.
1: <laughs> She's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's Tori Wilson. <laughs> She comes out for a distraction and slaps Flair a few times, but it has virtually no impact. Mm. The ref tries to say, go to the back, but she just stays at ringside. Flair hits a suplex, and Hogan tosses Rick onto the ref during the kickout. Then for good measure, he elbow drops the ref. (laughs) Because why not? Hogan hits a big boot and then a scoop slam, but misses the leg drop. A masked man suddenly comes down to ringside. Flair locks in the figure four, but the masked man has the stun stick and... Uses it on him.
1: So it's, it's, it's assumed at this point that it is the person that was with Tori Wilson.
0: Yes. Hogan then gets the pin and retains the title. In the celebration, Tori gives the masked man a kiss and unmasks him to reveal <gasps> David Flair. What? I think you called as soon as you saw his eyes.
1: Oh, yeah. I recognized his eyes. It got me, though. I did not think it was going to be David Flair.
0: Yes. And you thought it was good until I made you put any sort of thought into it. And then you went, oh.
1: Well,
0: yeah. So if you remember, at the last pay-per-view, Hogan whipped the shit out of David Flair with the belt.
1: Yes. It makes no sense why David Flair would be with Hulk Hogan. Like, there's no straight line of reasoning around that. But, like, for shock value, it got me.
0: I don't know if they'll actually talk about it or not. But, yeah, there was the segment with Hogan and Chuck Zito where they go, like, like, oh, we're going to ambush David Flair at the... uh, At the gym. Mm -hmm. According to, you know, storylines, David never actually saw them. So I'm kind of wondering, oh, did David see them? And they convinced him then.
1: Yeah, but that's never confirmed Yes,
0: I'm filling that in as a...
1: That would make sense. Yeah,
0: that's a little bit of logic where I don't feel like I need to overstretch too far. Because it does seem where they did that whole thing and then did nothing. Yeah. It's still stupid that he would join them. Oh,
1: it's 100% stupid. He shouldn't yes. have said yes if they, if he did see them at the gym. Like, there's no reason.
0: I don't know whether it's because of the weird nature of the unmasking, but commentary also, like, no-sells that it's David Flair at first. Yeah. it's Like, like
1: that should be a shocking thing.
0: Or maybe even they're underwhelmed.
1: Maybe they're bored. <laughs> maybe they've been bored by this whole night. I'm like, oh, well, it's David. Cool, can I go home?
0: Yeah. Nash then comes out and hugs David. Ugh. Hogan goes for a two-sweet with David. And he almost gets left hanging, but then he like, taps him on the shoulder like, no, you no, fucking you... <laughs> too sweet me.
1: <laughs> fucking better.
0: We get the we get line from David Flair. NWO for life, baby, with all the conviction of a seven-year-old at a Christmas pageant.
1: <laughs> this match did kind of highlight how fake the stun stick is, though, because they kept poking Ric Flair with it, and yeah. it took him a couple of seconds to react. So th- at that point, I was like, oh, the, f- the sound is fake. i well, I knew, but like, it's super obvious. Like, it's really big. There's not even like a tiny shock. I thought that like when we first got it, I knew it wasn't a real like cattle prodder. I thought it was just like a little like, like, like a, um, like those toys that you used to get at like arcade. I'm actually wondering if we
0: went back to Starcade, is it the same prop?
1: Oh, I don't, probably.
0: Because I don't know. Goldberg sells it like fucking death. Well,
1: Goldberg's just better.
0: Well, I, I also wouldn't describe Goldberg as being an excellent seller, but I yeah, I'm wondering, did they do something a little more real with the first one? And then they're like, oh, we're going to have this be part of storylines. We don't want to constantly be, you know, shocking these guys. and yeah. so then we shift it then. I don't know.
1: Like the the level of shock. I remember what toy I was thinking of that you get in arcade. You you were a boy in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get those like trick packs of gum? Oh, like a Wrigley's like juicy fruit sort of kind of gum. And it was like oh, one piece is yes. sticking out like here. Do you want it? the gum? And then you pull it, and it's like a tiny little shock. Yes, okay. That's the about. level of shock I that I about. thought was in this cattle prod. I thought it was something, but this really made me think like there is nothing but the sound.
0: So. Thoughts on the match before I guess even I say before the interference with the no. interference, it went twelve fifty three, which
1: I think I was so jaded by the end. By the time this match yeah. rolled around, I was like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't. I want to be done. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, be over.
0: It wasn't a good match. I no. didn't think it. It didn't feel terribly long. I'll get.
1: No, it didn't. It got where it needed to go.
0: Yeah. Once again, the stupid ending. I'm like. Eh. Although, God, I really want to see David Flair try to cut a 20-minute promo explaining his heel turn. <sighs> do you? I do.
1: How, okay, was there a uh, was there a match during this that didn't have a fucked up finish?
0: Uh, a couple of them.
1: Yeah, or one that you, like, didn't hate the finish of.
0: Um, I mean, Disco and Booker T had a finish that, that was fine. That, that match was just clean. Chavo and Kidman had a fine finish. Uh, I mean, Goldberg and Bam Bam had a clean finish, but it was also just weird in that he signaled for his finisher and they didn't hit it. And, yes, there was some interference, but I didn't mind the finish in uh, Steiner and DDP. Uh, the match kind of sucked, but it was a logical I guess. end.
1: Yeah. It feels like there were more.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was a lot. <sighs> so we did it. That was Super Brawl.
1: We made it.
0: I'm hoping eventually it'll get so bad it's good, but this is just... Yeah, that's
1: what I'm waiting for. I'm ready for that.
0: I'm, re- I'm waiting for Russo.
1: You keep telling me that's when it's going to change, but right now I, don't I just want to claw my eyes out. Well, then out.
0: again, I showed you uh, Vince Russo trying a leg drop yes. yesterday, and it was real bad. Yes. All right, let's hurry up and get out of here. Hurry up. Get out of
1: here. I'm done. Best bit. You're going to laugh at me, but I gave it to Ralph as an address. I really loved Ralph's. I think he looked great. Yeah. And then they tore it off of him. I was like, "You can't get your money back now, Ralph."
0: I gave I gave mine to Booker T and Disco.
1: That was definitely match of the night.
0: I you know unfortunately I I watched that one and I was like, you know what, I, it 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 started the show well. I didn't realize that was going to be the high point.
1: No, I, I think we both agreed on that one. That was definitely the best match. MVP. Oh, the woo girl in the audience. Oh, by far, I loved her. <laughs>
0: I realize, like, at least somehow I have the more real answers in this one, you have the more fucky answers.
1: Yeah, because I'm just tired. <laughs> what, was your, what was your answer?
0: I gave mine to Ray, just for having to Solidarity. unmask.
1: The fact that he sticks around to the end, I just, I can't wrap my head around that. That man, he's gone through so much shit.
0: Yeah, so that's Super Brawl. Next up is the build to... Oh, no. Uncensored. Unc- it's usually the worst show of the year. Yes,
1: love it. Have a great time.
0: The B- build to Brawl Part One. That's your fuck me. <laughs> it's the build to uncensored Part One. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod and f- follow us on Spotify. God, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, Emily?
1: Hopefully, it gets better soon. Let's uh. go have a couple of drinks. <laughs>
0: God, you noted know, the start time. We've been going before the edit. We're going two hours and eight minutes. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit. We had to stop because our neighbor's dog just kept fucking barking. Ugh.
1: It's been a day. Let's, let's. We're gonna open a bottle of wine and fuck we're gonna you, order, Bishaw, Fuck you, Bischoff. Fuck you, we order some chicken wings. Ugh. Have a good night and pretend this didn't happen. Ugh. Until next time, I'm Emily.
0: I, I, I think I'm still Nick. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on in the world anymore.
1: We'll see you next time on Butts in the Pod.
0: Nope. It's gone to that level.
1: (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Butts in the Seats podcast.
0: Ah.